How's it, internet? And welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint. The only SharePoint show in South Africa where everything is not made up and there are no points. How's it, Al? Good afternoon, Mr. Modlin. It's nice to have the intro back to normal. Yeah, and, and for the first time in a while, we're actually on schedule. Yes, we're recording on the day we said we would, and uh, everything is hunky-dory. <laughs> we haven't had that in, in, in some time now. Yeah, but back into it now, and not that the listeners should have noticed any change. No, no, none whatsoever, except for um, your commentary on, on last week's podcast, which was great. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. What is it? Purely vindictiveness or something? Pure vindictiveness. Yeah. I can't do. <laughs> oh, Nick Blank, he's such a character. And um, yes, we did. I think about 25 minutes of that episode was just pure tangent about watchers and shit. Yeah, but thanks to Nick for uh, stepping in last week. Super cool. <laughs> stepping in. He's got a great blue mic on his desk. Nice. It's huge, mate. Compared to what you see online when you actually see it in real life, it's a monstrosity of a device. Cool. And it's got a ton of settings, um, which is actually quite neat. It's very similar to the Zoom settings. So the the you've got the Zoom H1. The H2s and the H4s have got like room settings for the positional mics on it. Sweet. Which is quite neat. Anyhow, uh, this week, no guest on the show, uh, primarily because it's the new Microsoft year. Yes. And a lot has been happening. So we thought this week we'd actually kick off the show uh, going through the new year, start afresh, um, sync in with with Microsoft's scheduling around things that they want to do. And I think we should go straight into In The News. Yep, first in the news this week, something not a hell of a impactful to any of us, but just a cool thing. Microsoft is partnering with uh, Token to do automatic uh, biometric login. So this company does stuff like um, uh, they'll have a, a ring that you wear that then provides a biometric signature and they're hooking that up into Hello. So sometime soon you'll be able to get a ring and then when you go to log in your computer, it'll just recognize your ring and uh, it'll automatically log you in, which is not something hell of a relevant for many of our users. I just think it's super cool. So I think it was about a year ago, there was a Kickstarter project specifically around measuring your health and fitness, like your Fitbits and stuff, but in the form of a ring. I'm not sure if it actually went into production, but instead of wearing a watch, wear a ring and it checks your sleep patterns and all of those things. So it would be cool to have... Uh, biometric stuff. I know there was talk a good couple of years ago when they started doing sort of subdermal implants um, for humans walking into companies and it became a big thing in the US about being um, invasive and all of these things walking into businesses where gates open based on this subdermal implant. Are they putting it into a ring? Awesome. I'm all for that. Yeah, anything to streamline the process, right? Definitely, definitely. Next up, Mr. Modlin, you've got some more stuff. Yeah, next up, um, Microsoft have announced they're retiring the Windows App Studio. If you don't remember this or didn't know about it, Microsoft had a 
web interface that um, was a simplified uh, app development suite, very sort of drag and drop. Um, it was actually really quite cool. They are retiring it. There will be no new users allowed from July 15th. It's going to apparently stop working on the 15th of September, and then they're going to actually decommission it on the 1st of December. Um, they have already announced the replacement for it. It is actually already available. It's called Windows Template Studio, and it's available for video, Visual Studio. No idea what that is, Mr. Wadley. It was quite cool. Um, it was a super simple little app development tool. Started out just for Windows Phone, and but you could really, as as a non-coder like myself, you could make some pretty cool things happen. But now that speaking about yeah, but now no. now that sort of rolled into Visual Studio, so it's going to have. I haven't looked at the new one. I don't have Visual Studio on my machine. Uh, I just use code. Uh, but it's going to. It's apparently a lot more full featured and does a lot more stuff. But it's obviously not quite as accessible as the old one was. Speaking about app studios and things have you seen what's new in the waffle the office 365 waffle no what's new in the waffle the store the office 365 store is now in the waffle so store.office.com is now being added to the waffle that's cool that'll make it a bit easier to front these sort of things but look let's count three six nine twelve 15, 18, 21, 22, 23 icons in the waffle. That's what I have. They're going to have to come up with some way to organize that a bit better. That's, that's a little mad. That's a lot. Well, your, your, your portal page has also got the waffle in there with icons on the top. So, I mean, they've got that. It's just uh, interesting to note that it's, it's there. Yeah. And I don't know how it's going to roll out or roll up or do some crazy stuff. Um, was there a to-do app for the Waffle? Uh, is there a to-do app? No, there isn't. It's, they've got the Planner app. Yeah, it's strange that they'd launch something like to-do and then not put in a Waffle uh, a app for the Waffle. Maybe it's not as important as everyone else. Everything else for it. Yeah. Moving on. Um, recently Microsoft have, uh, released their communication sites and they're busy rolling that out. So I think a bunch of, um, a bunch of tenants already have it, but you have, you have some opinions, Al. Look, I think we've all been waiting for communication sites. Everyone's gotten excited about it. Um, oh, and there's, if you don't have it, just head over and just Google simp mark. Um, S-Y-M Mark, I think it's S-Y-M-P-M-A-R-C, right over to simpmark.com, and he's got a trick to enabling communication sites. So yes, it's supposed to be rolling out, and it's rolling out to first release right now, but do you know that there's a higher release than first release if you go to your organizational settings in Office 365? So what you can yeah. do is you can enable first release for a handful of users. I don't know if you've seen that. Right. Yes, it, it's it's analogous to the the fast ring on uh, on the Windows Insider program. So you've got first release to everyone, and then you've got first release, which is a 0.5 instead of a version one release to your first release people. 
So speaking about how to enable communication sites, if you don't have it for first release um, on your entire tenant, go and select a handful of users and put them in first release mode for those specific users. And once you've done that, give it a few hours and communication sites will be enabled. That's a handy How's trick. that for some top tipping, mate? That is some yeah. super top so tipping. So everyone was hitting a... Yeah, everyone was refreshing. Come on, why can't I create a communication site? And then Mark discovered this and it was, wow, everyone jumped on the bandwagon and it's perfect. So to discuss communication sites, I'd like to take you through the cool functionality. So you can go and check it out. It's actually on blog.office.com and there's a tab there for communication sites and you can actually have a look at all the coolness um, around what you can do with it. And everyone was excited when it happened. And we all said, there was a big hurrah and we've got all these cool things that that Microsoft said that was going to come uh, from the virtual summit. So great. We're all amped and we're ready for it. Oh, and blog.office.com has got a new layout, by the way which is actually very, very cool. I love the new layout for uh, blog.office.com. So according to Microsoft, yeah, communication sites are now beautiful and dynamic sites. And yes, it does great features. When you create a new communication site, you've got a couple of options. You can select topic or showcase. And for the most part, people will actually just go with the default one, which is topic, which is quite cool. So with topic, you've got funky layout and it's all large largely oversized and you've got this big sort of carousel banner and then you've got smaller news you've got upcoming events and then it rolls up your key documents and some additional resources and then you can even stick in some team contacts great that is awesome and what's also nice it's available through SharePoint mobile so you can consume it that way so great we're happy about that so what i want to do got a customer, and we've got a, a web part pack that pretty much does exactly what communication sites do. So I'm of the opinion, fantastic. Let's go and have a look at communication sites. Awesome. First thing I want to do is style it so I can add the customer's branding. I reach out to my mate Stefan Bauer, who is the guru around styling for Office 365 and SharePoint. His immediate response was, no, does not work. You cannot do it. You can override the CSS if you really wanted to, but there is nothing available online. Microsoft hasn't given you a visibility on how to change your style, not only communication sites, but the whole modern site experience. So what you're left with is Microsoft styling with the stupid blue everywhere for communication sites. You can't change the color scheme anyway. There's the theming, and I'll actually do it in real time. So yeah. let's go to, well, for starters, if you go to a communication site, when you click on, what do they call it, the cog, to see your settings, you've got change theme, Office 365 settings, add paid, add, add app, site content, site permissions, and site settings. There's no richness to what you usually have with team sites. So let's yeah, well, it's not a team site; that's a communication site. So that makes sense. Yeah. So so let's click on. So change. in the theming, you 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 can set a, a color scheme and a logo. I would assume. 
So let's see, change themes. Okay, so this theme is actually my Office 365 theme and not my SharePoint theme. Okay, all right, so SharePoint settings, site settings. So if you click on the site settings tab, it takes you to the normal site settings section. And then let's click on change the look. So yes, I can add a title, description and logo. Um, change the look should take me to the theming with a horrendous coloring. And I'm just going to select one. Let's select the orange one, the second one. Okay, and now it should refresh and say, uh, let's try this. All right, waiting, waiting, waiting. So it makes great radio, Al. Yes. So we can't change it. Yeah, working on it. This shouldn't take long. So SharePoint communication sites. Great features. Great features. I like the fact that there's a full width layout. So now you've got what they call the new hero and image web parts, and you can build out. I mean, there's an enhanced title region with a custom header. Uh, so they've really taken it to the next level when it comes to intranet in a box functionality. And that's great. Really excited about that. But please, Microsoft, please, can you at least give our designers some options to just style the navigation? That's all I'm asking. So styling the navigation. Yeah, you see the, <clears throat> you see what I think the issue is, is um, they've given us this, which is the nice, pretty uh, front page and whatever. If they open up a bunch of hooks so that we can go in and customize it, what happens when they make a change, right? We know 0365 revs super, super quickly. What happens when they change something, they change how the navigation works or this or that, and suddenly all those customizations we had are now broken and the page doesn't load. I think if they're doing this sort of templatized thing in 0365, they, really, like, they have to be very careful about what customizations they allow so that further updates don't just break everything. Because that experience would be horrifying, right? Completely understand it. And that is how Office 365 is positioned. We, we, we're not doing a lot of customization here. We're past the days of SharePoint 2007, which looked so butt ugly, you, you had to do something or you'd bleed out through your eyes. You know, 0365, it looks good. You know, it's, it's maybe not exactly what you want, but you can put your colors on it, you can put your logo on it, and it's the standard thing. It also makes training easier because any training resources you get will be applicable. You haven't got this whole custom uh, thing that you need to develop custom uh, training for. Look, I'm not asking them to recreate the wheel, mate. I'm not asking for that, okay? And it's still working on a change in the color scheme. So let's go with the opinion that it doesn't actually work. All right. Let's just go with that. You can't change the theming for... A communication site let's let's just stick with that is is that actually true well i've tried it four times over since i enabled it last week and i go and i click change theme and i select that orange and it just sits there and says working on it that's all it does continuously okay yeah, that that is definitely a thing that is a thing that needs to change because you want to keep it consistent with the company ci right I'd love to be able to do that because right now I've got a customer that we're deploying five web parts to. So your typical carousel, a calendar web part, all of those things. All right. Two office yeah. six five. So now it looks like an on-premise SharePoint site. 
which if you compare to using the new modern lists and libraries features, which I really, really want to do, it's a great departure from designing it that way versus using modern interface. Yeah. So now I want to use the carousel slider in the communication slides. And it's great. The layout's awesome. It's fantastic. Love it. Best thing to come out of Microsoft in ages. But I can't use that. It's the same with creating news articles for the next section in your communication site. We have that as well for the customer. I can't style. I want to change the overlays when you create a new, when you add a new, I'll add a news item. It's blue. I want to change it to the customer. Same thing with adding an event. I love the event layer. Same thing with documents. It's blue. Yeah, but once they get once they get the theming working, which apparently now it's not, then that will carry through. As long as I can, well, look, they went with display templates and all of the other things. Um, I would like that same functionality for my designers to say, okay, don't mess around with the master page. Change the CSS. Let me edit the CSS. Then I'm not fiddling with the underpinnings of the functionality of the site. I want to change color. I want to be able to say, instead of it being blue, I want it blurple. You know? Being able to yeah. go in and say, here's a color picker. Yeah, it's hash, whatever, the F3500, and then it will change it. Give me that. I'm happy. Let me add a cool navigation. Let me change the fonts. When designers that work with these products are not that stupid. You know, and obviously, you're not going to give everyone that right. So, end user can't change fonts, but at least give someone who's got the right rights the functionality to do that. Because yeah. the future richness of communication sites is mind blowing. It's mind blowing. I will never touch another team site if I can use this effectively. Never. That's high praise. No, I love it. I don't, I don't think that's really what they wanted for, though. Right, it's not supposed to replace every page in your portal. It's supposed to be the landing page or the communication page for a specific uh, program or whatever. Like your collaboration and stuff will still happen in a team site or in teams or whatever. Yeah, but look, you go and we've been selling internet in a boxes. There's a ton of companies out there that make their money off doing that. Personal friends of mine, Velo, I love this stuff, all right? Love it, two bits. Um, they're my, my number one favorite internet in a box company. There's Unili, there's Atalo. Have we spoken about these guys before? There's a whole yeah. bunch of them. They've featured in the new find of the week. Atalo, yeah. Atalo, Atalo, the guy, yes. Mark in them, yeah. Um, so... I don't know how this is going to impact what they're selling because it kind of negates what they sell. And we'll see how that shapes. Um, into I'll, I'll be having conversations with them next week specifically around how what the impact of communication sites are. And yes, it's great because collaboration, communication, and in glove stuff. Um, but I, I'd really like to see them fix that. Anyhow, I'm not going to carry on about it anymore. It is what it is. What you can do, you can head over to uservoice.microsoft.com and there are two, if you head to the sites and collaboration section for user voice, um, you can actually check on Stefan Bauer has actually pushed through 
two user voice suggestions for Microsoft. And if you upvote that, they will actually change it because Microsoft listens to user voice. Yeah, they do. It's, it's the best communication tool we have with Microsoft. So if you want something to happen, really do go log in there and uh, make your voice heard. So you've got some other stuff coming up. There's not that much news this week, eh? No, there's not a hell of a lot. Uh, my last little bit of news is that um, next week, or next week from when we're recording this, which should still be next week from when you're hearing this, yeah. um, which is the July the 11th, there is a Office 365 user group at Microsoft in Joburg. And... Uh, there's a bunch of people doing a flow competition, so highlighting a, a bunch of flows that they've built, and uh, I'm one of such people, so I'm just saying, come through, come talk about flow. It should be a really interesting evening to see what everybody's done um, and how they've worked with flow and sort of worked around some of the limitations. Yeah, it's nice to see some maturity coming through, but then again, so what do you use? Do you use Pyrips and Flow? What about the, the old, new, new, old Microsoft Forms? You know, it's getting very confusing for everyone. But they're, they're different things. So we used to for, have a wheel. We, we now have the periodic table of Microsoft apps because it's that big, <laughs> <laughs> which is quite news. Yes, uh, super excited about next week's uh, community night. The IW attendees, is they're coming across to... The Office 365 UG, and there are discussions uh, between the UG members about how do we roll all of this stuff up into a, a better understanding of what happens on the night. Because if we don't speak to each other, if, if the IW uh, UG did not speak to the Office 365 UG, we might end up doing the same sessions on the same night. And for the since the O365 UG was launched, everyone's saying, "So, what UG do I go to? Do I go to the?" Office 365 one, because if they do a Power Apps and Flow session or they do a Power BI session, um, is it for SharePoint on-premise? Is it for SharePoint online? And this is where we're getting to. It's the same thing. If we do an Office 365 session, it's applicable to Azure. It's applicable to SharePoint on-premise. It's applicable to SharePoint online. And with the wheel or the periodic table waffle thing, it spans across information worker type technologies. And chances are we'll end up rolling into one large community. Look at SharePoint Saturday. SharePoint Saturday now is an Office 365 and an Azure track with Azure and Office 365 topics. Because if you're doing a session on Power Apps and Flow, where do you put it? Yeah, it's got to be, that's the whole thing with Microsoft's vision here now, right? We've moved well beyond the point where we as consultants, we do SharePoint. That's that's sort of not enough anymore. We do have to be well aware of all the possibilities and there's this massive product stack um, that we have to be knowledgeable about. So these sort of community nights become all the more important because no one person can become an expert in all of these. You need to know enough and need to know who you can contact um, if you get into the intricacies of, of all the various products. But this is the thing. So we've seen over the last two years the role of a cloud architect coming to the fore. And in the last three weeks, I've had one, two, three, four mates all being interviewed for a cloud architect or a 
client productivity evangelist positions in organizations. So yeah. Hans Bender, who is Mr. OneDrive, has actually just been, he started on Monday as a client productivity evangelist. I've got another mate who does, he was asking me SharePoint questions because he does everything by SharePoint. And he went for an interview today around being a cloud architect. It's crazy. It's the new number one position to have now when it comes to how to move from the traditional, I worry about AD and exchange and this and that sort of architect to where the new world is going. So it's a place to be. Have a look out, see what's happening. You might find that your role actually morphs into being a cloud architect. Yeah, that's, that's an important and sort of challenging position now. Because I think everybody in the industry at the moment, we're still deciding which which technologies do we use to fit what business problem. How is it that we can get value out of all these things together? And you can't look at them all in isolation. You you really do need somebody, like you say, a cloud architect. You can take the overall view and make some sort of call of, okay, we're going to use this here and that there. And even if it's not the perfect uh, solution, you need somebody who's going to just make the call and make it happen or you'll be deciding forever. Uh, strangely enough, today is uh, the AWS Summit in Cape Town. So it's a full day of what Amazon is doing around web services. And my mate Slot in Zunich uh, would have been there, but then they removed his foot from his mouth surgically, um, also known as an appendicitis. Um, and he's actually recovering from it because it burst. So he's got five cuts. And he specifically asked me to mention him in the podcast. Um, and he's not in Cape Town right now, sadly enough, because he's not fit for travel. Good thing, though. Um, keeping him out of Cape Town seems to be doing the IT industry in Cape Town a lot of good. <laughs> So yes, Latin, you have been mentioned, and there's a lot of there's a lot of those sorts of conferences going on right now. Um, AWS, um, Inspire starts in Washington D.C. on Sunday. Um, I'm on a plane tomorrow to go find out what the rebranded Worldwide Partner Conference is all about, and I cannot wait to hear the noise and the news coming from Microsoft about the huge, massive. Microsoft reorg around well, how was, they do business with organizations. Yeah, it's a sales reorg. They're not um, reorganizing the delivery bits of the business. Um, it is very much a sales reorg. So they're they're sort of splitting into two halves: consumer and commercial. What did they call them? Commercial and commercial. So commercial yeah. and consumer model, that's the model that have adopted. Strangely enough, I don't think it really impacts South Africa as much because what they're doing is uh, they've got a, they've rolled up the old EPG and corporate and I don't know what else and then they've also rolled up the small to medium and so now they've glued it together um, around medium and corporate and which is now the new SMC. Yeah, I don't understand these terminologies. Because um, it's a headache, and there'll be three units um, that will roll up into this enterprise operating unit, which uh, I don't know what that means. Yeah, but we'll get the, the, the what I up. hope it's what I hope it means is that with the new sales structure, they're going to take some time to simplify their sales offering, 
and we won't anymore have these like 800 pages of different options and different yeah. agreements and like if they can if they can remove the need for a specialist consultant to deal with sales uh that would be fantastic because it's way too arcane Oh, but also some of the stuff that they've decommissioned or disbanded, um, that's not necessarily part of the sales team was the developer experience. So the DX no longer exists. It's been disbanded. Um, so and that moves up into, I think, what they call commercial software engineering or how it rolls up. But we'll get the lowdown at Inspire next week and we'll be able to report on it next week while I'm there. That'll be super cool. Yeah, we're going places. Two guys in SharePoint are going places. We might have to change it to two guys in Office 365. <laughs> that is a good point, eh? Well, maybe I should check. I don't think there are any domains registered for that. We'll just roll it up into that. Although, I think for sentimentality reasons, I'd like to keep two guys in SharePoint. Yeah. Well, let us know, listeners. Do you think there's a more succinct name for what we do? If so, let us know. Yeah, so we should actually put a, a, a voting thing on the site and say, well, vote for two guys in 365 or two guys in SharePoint. Well, let, let's open up the the options first. If you if you can come up with some cool names, send them to us, and then maybe we'll put up a poll and you can vote on which one's the best one. And for those that have voted, I think the first 20 will actually get um, T-shirts with the new logo on it. Can we say that? Uh I'm sure we can say that. That makes sense. All right. Cool. Definitely. So moving on, um, some more events coming up. We've got Inspire next week. Um, the SharePoint Saturday South Africa sponsor packs, I've been told, is going out this week. So that's all ready. There's also two other events that form part of October and November. We've got SharePoint Saturday Durban, Johannesburg, Cape Town. In between Johannesburg and Cape Town, there will be two or three events, probably Bloom, East London, Port Elizabeth. After SharePoint Saturday Cape Town, there will be an AOS uh, day in Mauritius and one in Reunion Island. And from there, we go on to SharePoint Saturday Kenya on the 28th of October. And then we've got SharePoint Saturday Uganda on the 4th of November. Cool. Bumper, that's, bumper, that's a bumper. busy time. Yeah, I think it's like 11 yeah. or 12 events in five weeks. So that's we're awesome. super amped about that. Yeah. Super cool. I think that's it from the news. Hey? No, no. One last thing. Um, if you are unable to travel or if you are anywhere else in the world and you can't get to a ship on Saturday, on the 1st and the 2nd of November 2017, CoLab 365 will be running the annual global conference. 24 hours of pure Office 365. Very, very, very exciting times. They had it last year. We were hoping to do a viewing party at Microsoft in Johannesburg and Cape Town for those who want to come and hang out with people to view this. Um, very excited. I should have some more information about that. As soon as Andy Talbot actually pulls his finger out of his ass and lets us know what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah. so we'll, we'll let you guys know when we do. Uh, head over to colab365.community and grab all the information there. They're doing a ton of stuff. They've got live shows during the week. Um, follow them on Facebook. Uh, it's an awesome platform that that the team has put together, Andy and Mark and, and, and the rest. 
um, around this, and they, they put a lot of effort into it. So, so go grab all your Office 365 goodness from that. And it's global. Cool. 24 hours, that's a lot of content. Yeah, well, look, it's, they're going to start probably when Australia wakes up and ends when Seattle hits lunchtime or something. Okay, so then that's our news. Next up is new find of the week. So instead of me rambling on about some tool that I like, uh, it's interesting to know the users or the listeners of the show, what their top 20 add-ons are for SharePoint, be it on-premise or in Office 365. I, I find I've been looking at stuff, and back in the old days, we had CodePlex. Everyone would run to CodePlex and go download some random app that gave us some functionality. CodePlex is gone. Some of the stuff have moved to GitHub. But companies have made, like Lightning Tools and Bamboo, have made, built businesses around building these really cool features. I'd love to know what the top 20 SharePoint add-ons are right now for on-premise and um, SharePoint Online from our, our listeners. It would be great to find out what they're thinking about, what they're using. Um, so please let us know. Uh, ping us on, on hit, hit us up on SoundCloud. Leave a comment there or on iTunes. Leave a comment there of your top 20 SharePoint add-ons or even the one that you like the most. And we'll definitely review that for you in the coming weeks. You, you outsourced your segment to the audience. Well, look, like you've always said, I just I, ramble not... on incoherently about these things. And it's always my opinion when it comes to new find of the week. So I'd like to expand the reach of our new finds to our listeners. They'd also like to have a voice, a two-gas voice. Yeah, I'm not denigrating you or anything. I kind of wish I'd thought of it myself. Moving on to my favorite segment of the week, and I'm getting tired saying this. <laughs> it's the PowerShell commandlet of the week. The PowerShell commandlet this week is something I've actually used this week. So it's something we probably all know. There are three commandlets specifically that I've used. Uh, backup SP site, restore SP site, and remove SP site. So I think we all know these. I'm not going to uh, go through exactly what they do. But I will tell you a little story about how I used it. So I was moving a site from dev to production. And the plan was we're going to do a DB attach because it's all in its own DB suite. So I move it across DB attach. Site won't come up. I'm like, what? What's going on? So I do a bit, a bit of investigation. And I notice, oh, the site collection in dev was created with um, as a host header site collection. So when you restore it into the new environment, it keeps that host header, which is obviously the host A name is still pointing to dev. So you can't bring the site up. Okay. Super irritating. The way to get around this, apparently, the best way I found anyway, um, is to do a backup of it, remove the current site, and then you can do a restore SP site in which you can add a URL parameter. And then you can then overwrite um, the host header for, for that site collection. And then you'll be able to see it in browser and actually access it, which is so kind of handy. My question around that, did you run the test content DB before you tried to move it? Yeah. And it came back. But it doesn't, it, it doesn't mention because, yeah, because it does load in and it's fine. <laughs> if, if you change the host A name to point to the new server, it would work. Okay. Right. And decommission the old one. Like 
that would work. Yeah. The problem is it was pointing to a development. It was pointing to a dev right. URL. Mm, so that, that's why know. that sort of didn't work. So yeah, if you do need to change um, the host header of a uh, a host header site collection, this is the way you do it. It's a bit of a workaround, but uh, that's how I got it working at least. Awesome. Well, that's exciting times. Um, I love these little commandlets. Did you see that Nick did one for Exchange last week? I did, yeah. That was super cool. <laughs> I had to tell him to go find one. It was funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm I'm really loving PowerShell. It's such a great tool. It really speaks to the geek in me, you know, that old command line type thing. No, it's, it's good. And that's super excited about that. We actually have that level of control, um, which most people don't see as control um, because they don't get to play around with it. Just on that, the commandlets you talk about here, is it for on-premise? Or is there a differentiator between on-premise and, and um, SharePoint Online? I think I've all the ones I've done are on-premise specific. Um, you, can, you can run PowerShell against uh, Office 365. You need to just run... You need to run a little app that connects you up and you need to do the handshake and stuff, but you can do it. Um, the ones I've been talking about are out of a list of on-premise ones. Most of them, well, not most of them, a bunch of them will work online too. And who knows, when, when we change our name to 2365, Tugu, uh, then maybe I'll switch over to the 0365 commandlets instead. Yeah, that wouldn't work two guys in 365, so that doesn't read. It's not like it's two gas, you know? No, it's oh, Tugu. It's Tugu. <laughs> to go. To go. To go. To go. That's actually not bad. Cool. So thank you all very much for listening to us this week. Um, it's a bit sillier than usual, I think. Um, but if you want to find us online, you can do it at twoguysinsharepoint.co.za. We're also on Twitter at twoguyssharepoint. I'm on Twitter at oddmodlin. And L is... At Alistair Pugin. We're also on iTunes and all the podcasty bits. So please do give us a shout. Yeah, about specifically the things, the specifically the things we've talked about today. So Al's top twenty SharePoint add-ons and the name and all this sort of stuff. Feedback is great. I think we're going to have to start bribing people to contribute. You know, so giving away free shit. Yeah, I'm sure Mr. Thirsty won't need to be bribed, but we'll give him one anyway. Okay, great, perfect. So that's it. It's a wrap. Cool. Thanks, Al. Cheers, cheers. A lot of typing, Mister Modlin. Sorry, bro. Are you are you multitasking? I am multitasking. Hey, it's just that Mike is picking up all your multitasking. It, it's fine. It won't show on your side, and I can edit it out.